Freeze on Hexback. I, I play a heightened version of myself on this show. Sure. I fully accept that. I am most of the time making jokes. I am dropping all that facade. I am petrified to watch this film i have not watched it since Ooh. i was 18 i watched yeah, it same. when i was it like when and as we've discussed before like i am i am andy's age i watched toy story 3 in the cinemas mm-hmm. and it was an extremely emotionally affecting film and i am terrified it's i'm genuinely welling up right now i am terrified it's not going to hold up yeah. um so before i fully cry on this podcast before i need to next week from me jamie i'm a girl style that's one more Welcome to our brand new show It's not that complicated so listen close We'll go through IMDB Reviewing all of Tom Hanks movies Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks Bank Jamie, as I think you know and long-time listeners of the show know uh, I have moved to Canada, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the big differences Wait, what? between yeah, I haven't you actually moved just to been... Canada. Look, I know I know lockdown has been a long time, uh, <laughs> and you haven't gone outside your house for a while. But yes, I I, I moved to Canada. I left the country. <laughs> uh, I I foresaw what was going to happen. I thought, you know, what would be better moving to a larger country with less people. And you know what? That's paid off pretty well as a bet. Uh, but other than being a larger country and having less people, the kind of most uh, biggest aspect of Canada, which sticks to my mind, is its preponderance of uh, deadly animals that live in the woods, uh, namely bears, cougars, mountain lions. Um, I'm sure there's like a rattlesnake. I'm not sure rattlesnakes live in the woods. Maybe they do. Maybe they live in the desert. Who knows, Jamie? All I know is I'm going camping in about six hours, and I'm pretty okay. sure I'm going to die. Okay? Yes. This is going to happen. I'm really sorry. Uh, but, you know, I'm sure Miles could be an okay co-host. Ben, who actually listens to the show, would be even better. Uh, maybe go for him. <laughs> he might get uh, some of the inside bits a little bit better. Yeah, just trial out people. Friends Thoughts can become a section where you trial out people to replace me. Or conversely, just weekend at Bernie's it, keep my corpse out of the ground and just, you know, prop me up on Zoom and see if I make any noises. <laughs> it will be like the lost episode, but for real this time. Oh, <laughs> you oh, lost definitely. your audio. It will be uh, a little bit like Swiss Army Man, uh, in that I assume I'll just be farting. Like, that that's all that my corpse will do. <laughs> but honestly, you know, isn't that the... Uh, finally... Finally, if you were just farting the entire time, we would lose the dynamic where you are desperately trying to make this not a comedy podcast. You would that finally commit to it being purely a comedy podcast by just farting <laughs> constantly. <laughs> so hello and welcome to Hanks Bank, the show where we chronologically review Tom Hanks' entire IMDb. I'm Jamie Loxon and with me as always is my co-host Al Gillespie. Say hello, Al. We need to put down the bare threat. Hello, Al. <laughs> Is that a reference to this week's movie or your camping that you're going on? Uh, uh, that, 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 both, both. both. <laughs> let's, let's go with a comfortable both. That's actually that's kind of a Pixar reference, sort of. Um, I, I, in preparation for this film, I have watched quite a few Pixar movies in the last week. Okay, so you you've you've been having a great week. I was I was my well, next question was going to be how's your how's your week? <laughs> well, crying a lot, absolutely. Um. I also noticed, I believe you are in your bedroom. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, last week you were unable to record in your bedroom because uh, yes. your girlfriend was in uh, there. Where where have you banished your girlfriend to? Uh, she's in the bathroom at the moment. 
we now have we now have furniture and also uh our new flatmate is, has moved into it with us so for this week i'm doing it in here and then i should be back outside next week outside fuck that's gonna make my editing fucking horrendous <laughs> you see the sound of the bears and as they're killing me yeah and um, also it will be very good for the wi-fi connection all in all next week guys gonna be our primo best production ooh, that we've ever made the the yeah. production values will be through the roof speaking of production values uh i am as you know as we discussed beforehand i am uh listening to myself uh, for the first time uh, many people mm-hmm. uh, may uh, have listened to more professional podcasts than our own uh, and known that you know people generally use headphones uh, so they can hear themselves talking while they do that and we've never done that and i'm doing it for the first time and i don't know why anyone does this this is extremely self self-confidence destroying <laughs> jamie i hear that uh, listening to yourself is a really important part of therapy so I'm proud of you, okay? That's what I want you to know. I am proud of this big step you have made. You're listening to the little Jamie inside your ear. And, oh, uh, see, I I feel like you're not supposed to want your therapist to be proud of you, but oh, it feels good. <laughs> oh, it, oh, it just makes me feel like I've done a good job. Oh, jeez. Um... So we're clearly normally we prattle up top for a while, but nothing's fucking happening. All that we learned this week, well, all that we learned today was that the UK entire economy shrunk by a fifth over a course of a month. It was great. Oh, oh, um, nothing's happening in your country. Um, Seattle uh, has turned to a pseudo anarchist utopia, um, mm. and that's about all that's happening in the world uh, as, as as time rattles on faster and faster with so little delineation between each day uh, it's making it very difficult to come up with fun anecdotes to talk about at the beginning of the show i'm That's not going camping fair. yeah i'm trying to think of any other fun thing that happened this week other than this and then camping and i know... finished i finished marvel's spider-man this week over two days That's very cool that was fun the PS5 I cried, got I cried at the looks... end. Yeah, the PS5 oh, got announced. It looks real looks fucking dumb. I hate it. I'm really angry. It's, I'm just, like as someone so... who has owned every single PlayStation. I'm so angry. Mm. Why is it white? It looks so what? awful. I'm I genuinely furious. Deeply funny because unlike at least with if the, the new Xbox decided to be white, at least the 360 was right. Like yeah, I, I still don't think it's a good color. I still think the majority of people and i think this probably plays out when eventually they do release an all black ps4 ps5 but it is such a standout from the rest of your room kind of thing yeah it like it, and and, especially and i, I get, ugly design i get that most gamers aren't exactly that into interior design like the the cross section of people who are super into video games and super into interior design aesthetics is not that strong but i'd still like you know it not to really stand out like as some especially as someone who you know doesn't want to make it very obvious that he's got multiple gaming systems connected to his television if it could at least look kind of like a dvd player that would be nice now jamie of course uh on the next systems are going to be backwards compatible which means you'll be able to play kingdom hearts 3 on them and uh what film is uh referenced in kingdom hearts 3 and it actually have its levels in kingdom hearts 3 why yes that's correct it is of course toy story and toy is, story is, 3 is that actually oh of course oh, fuck i forgot yeah yeah kingdom hearts is disney 
<laughs> I completely forgot that that's the entire concept of, of fucking Kingdom Hearts, that it's Disney. Um, yes, Toy Story. Fuck me, it's finally happened, Al. We've, we've been we've been waiting uh, for it. It's, it's been a long old wait since Toy Story 2, but it's Toy Story 3 time, baby. If you want to hear about the aliens, go listen to last week's episode. In fact, please go listen to last week's episode. I've seen the download numbers. They're not great. Um, yeah, <laughs> please yeah, go listen yeah, to it. it. We talk about the aliens all then. We don't need to talk about them right fucking now because we've got shitloads to talk about this week. Thank oh. God nothing happened oh thank god nothing happened of interest in the world uh, yeah. this week screw because the ps5 we, <laughs> screw, screw the ps5 we screw are talking the about the hot topic of june 2020 and that is of course toy story 3 now Anyone who's listened to this show before knows, before we start talking about the film, we give you a little bit of historical context and we give you a little bit of show context. I still call it show context, even though most of the time it's actually a film. We talk a little bit about what was going on in the world at the time. We, you know, we live those wondrous moments where the economy wasn't in tattles. Um, and I could say words that made sense and not tattles. Uh, I don't think an economy tatters. can be in tattles. I did mean tatters. I said tattles, like the economy was just telling gossip to other other economies um and then we give you a little bit of fun facts behind the making of the film before we dive into the plot if you want to know a little bit about the aliens you know they're you know they're threatening to blow up earth and, and we're trying to prove our worth and then join the united states of space so we're reviewing tom hanks movies to prove our worth to them that's all you really need to know i could say that every week but that wouldn't be fun sometimes i tend spend 15 minutes describing a detailed story about being uh, abducted by aliens and murdering a bunch of baby yodas but we don't need to talk about that this week because we're talking about Toy Story 3 and we have a lot to say. So, Alexander, it is your historical context this week. Of course, the last project we talked about came out in 2010 as well. So I covered January to June. I hope you remembered that. Um, and you have July to December of the year 2010. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of went for like a collection of other facts, uh, which... Of course, included uh, the New Orleans Saints winning the Super Bowl. Uh, as big Super Bowl fans, uh, I, I believe that's uh, American football. Uh, that, uh, of course, was amazing. Um, I, believe that, I, I believe that would have happened in February, uh, but yeah, I did not probably. mention it last uh, week. But so Jamie, you're fine. were people eating comfort foods like chicken pot pies in February? I think <laughs> you'll find that's a full food. Uh, and Mario where, where, where Luigi. Did... Wait, where did you get? Where, where did you find out that people were eating chicken pot pies in February? This is, this is just like a list of like 2010 facts. But my favorite one is, of course, uh, yeah, comfort foods like chicken pot pies are crowd pleasers, and Marion Mario and Luigi Halloween costumes were all the rage. As though Mario and Luigi Halloween costumes haven't always been all the rage. And what was there was, a particular game that, like, maybe that's when Mario mm, Galaxy, no, Galaxy comes came out. out? Uh, let me look up Mario Mario franchise. I'm gonna get there before you. Fuck you. My Google powers are better. Um, no, Galaxy One is 2007. Okay, is there a, is there a particular game that Galaxy came out 2? in 2010? Maybe 20. Maybe oh, whatever. Super, no. Anyway, who cares? Who cares, Jamie? Who right? cares? Right. It's uh, of course, uh, by this point, Facebook had 600 million people on there. Uh, which you know, that's always very fun. It's over a billion. Uh, volcanic now, isn't it? ash. Did we talk about the volcanic? Uh, eruption no eruption. no we did not i hope because i believe it probably happened in the second half of the year ah there we go there we go this is uh, here's what we'll talk about for the next couple of minutes the uh <laughs> the, that time that volcano erupted and everyone in, who was on holiday in europe got stuck somewhere in europe and uh more specifically my mum 
got stuck in Madrid and uh, had to kind of planes, trains and automobiles it back all the way from uh, there to Scotland, which was, you know, bold. Bold. And I believe uh, uh, in in an early, early use uh, of what I believe the youth called memes, uh, many images were shared uh, of the TV show Family Guy, where a joke from around uh, 2006 was based around uh, Peter Griffin buying volcano insurance uh, and it being depicted as, of course, an absolutely absurd thing to buy. And everyone was like, haha, Peter Griffin isn't looking silly now with his volcano insurance. And that's what memes were in 2010. Uh, they were so much better than, than what we have now. Uh, <laughs> they were pure. They were, you know, you had that kind of... This, the, 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 the I don't think I'd call Family and... Guy pure, but yes. <laughs> ah, you're fine. Here's the thing, of course. Uh, the volcano was... Uh, and I'm going to try and pronounce this, and I really, really, really apologize uh, to everyone from Iceland for murdering this name. Ejafjallafokul. Uh, Jamie, okay. can you pronounce it? You, you went to drama school. Give it a go. No. what? How can I? I don't even have it in front of me. How am I supposed to pronounce it? All I've got in terms of reference is your pronunciation. So if I were to try, I would just say what you said. Just type in Icelandic volcano. It'd probably be the number one hit. Oh, right? for fuck's sake. Right. Icelandic volcano. This is this is a lot more Googling than I'm used to. Eyjafjallajökull. Eyjafjallajökull. I believe they oh, use soft oh, J's oh, in, in oh, Icelandic. Oh, Jamie, that, 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 that pleasured my ear, but, oh. <laughs> just, just, you know, it, yes, thank you very much. Of course, Jamie coming in there with some top quality pronunciations. Uh, and, you know, other than that, things that happened in 2010, I changed school. That was, I think, in 2010. <laughs> I went to a new school then. It was a good time. Back in Scotland, of course. Uh, the Blazers were terrible. And, uh, you know, the the... the, the Edinburgh is always a good city to be in. Uh, Jamie, what were you doing in 2010? Was, 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 was something getting into like more relevance? Yes, like, yeah. What was I doing in 2010? Uh, I was uh, 17, uh, as has been discussed, mm-hmm. the same age as Andy in the film. Um, uh, so I was uh, in the middle of my A-levels, uh, doing doing fine. Get, get I'd, I'd done well on my GCSEs. I'd, I'd learned that I was uh, actually maybe semi-intelligent, and if I tried hard, I might be able to do well. Uh, I was probably around that time getting rejected from Cambridge. Uh, that's oh, that's nice. always fun, um, as as many uh, students of our university uh, also have been. Um, and I was well, I was I was watching a a film, a a, a, a film. <laughs> I just sing. There are a lot of films out that year, man. <laughs> like a film in particular. Like the whole year you're watching. Yeah, I, was just, I said the whole year watching one film. Uh, this this right. this film that that uh, may rena- remain nameless for uh, about two more minutes. Um, you know, affected me so deeply that it was the only film I watched in 2010. Clearly, you've forgotten every other movie that came out that year. Jamie, The Social Network came out that year. All right. Oh, I was I was too young. I was too naive to fully appreciate the the genius in Sorkin dialogue. <laughs> No, wait, did the social network come back in 2010? Yes, it, it did, did, didn't it? That's such a weird thing to think of, considering, like, in my head, Facebook doesn't become, like, mass popular until 2008. Like, Yeah, but cap- capitalising on its popularity, clearly. Have you got any other fun facts for me about the year 2010? Nah, that's about it. 
Okay, good. Thank you for just clearly Googling the year 2010 five minutes into this podcast. It's, look, when we record 8.30 in the morning my time, we get what we're giving. What? You have the day before, my guy. That is true. It's like you go to sleep. You're talking like you go to sleep not aware that you're going to wake up and record the podcast in the morning. Right. And it, to be fair, it's much, much better than if we were to record at 8 o'clock in the morning my time, because that would be midnight your time, and then neither of us would be in a good mental state. So, of course, the movie I was talking about earlier was the movie Toy Story 3, and I have been tasked with giving you some film context about Toy Story 3. It comes out in 2010, a full 11 years after Toy Story 2. Uh, by my knowledge and by my research, that is the one of the longest gaps between uh, sequels in a series that's not like a soft reboot or like Mad Max Fury Road or Mary Poppins Returned. You know, when you look up these sorts of lists, they have those. And in my eyes, those aren't fucking sequels. They don't count. What? Uh, the, they're not. I'm sorry. Like Mary Poppins Mary- Returns is very much a sequel. It's, it's it's a very, fucking it's, reboot. It it is no, a soft no, no, no. reboot. In the same way that you wouldn't say that, like, because like every time you have a new Bond, it's a reboot. It is very it is very much literally continuing characters and plot points from the first film. I it is I, not a reboot. Okay, the, I I will accept the bank's children show up again. I will I will accept that it is not necessarily a reboot, but for my own specific it's a soft de- sequel. It's a soft sequel. For my own specific sure. definitions, in order to give more credence to the gap between Toy Story 2 and Toy Story 3, it does not fucking count. Um, the only one that I could find longer that was not like either just they've decided to make a sequel 40 years later, as in it was in a defined series, is Godfather Part 3, uh, which comes out 16 years after Godfather Part 2. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, I have some other hot takes. So okay. I want to see if these were in your list, all right? Train spotting 2 following Train Spotting. So basically, I defined it as anything that wasn't a second film. Like, and because so, oh, ma- okay. so many of them were like, we made a film in the 80s and then they were like, fuck it, we'll just make another one 40 years later. Like fucking Bambi sure. 2 came out in 2006. That doesn't fucking count. Um, I like, I basically ruled out all of those because they annoyed me. I'm like, they don't count as sequels because you were never read. This, this is a direct sequel in a series that wasn't just, we've decided to make a fucking another one of these movies and for brand and rec- recognition, basically. All right. So, yeah. All right. Go- okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. Um, before midnight, which is a sequel to uh, before sunrise. Uh, I've never no, even heard of these two films. Uh, uh, let me let me tell you about a little Texan filmmaker called Richard Linklater who liked to tear up the independent film scene in the nineteen nineties. So you have before sunrise in nineteen eighty nine. Sorry, before sunset. Yeah, sunrise in nineteen ninety nine. Sorry, which has a sequel in two thousand four before sunset, and then another sequel before midnight in two thousand thirteen. So, I, so what you're telling me is those were gaps of five years and then nine years, nine, both yeah. less than the eleven years of Toy Story three. So it's irrelevant to my fucking point, you dickhead. No, I was just coming up with just some other up films with, with long gaps. Yeah, yes, there are other films with long gaps. Dumb and Dumber two came out twenty years after Dumb and Dumber one. We could do this for fucking ca- years. You said that fucking Star Wars you Force just... Awakens technically comes out forty years after <laughs> after um, Empire first Strikes all, Back. First of all. You said that second films didn't count, so of course some of number two doesn't count. That's not like that by your rules. That does not count. Uh, uh, I, 
Alexander, I take it back. I would like to revise everything I've said previously and just say that Toy Story 3 comes out 11 years after Toy Story 2. Ooh, ain't that long. <laughs> that is long. That is long. Dear listeners, if you, if, you, if you can think of anything longer than 11 years, please do write in. Uh, if anyone, just, just, just anything long. Not like gaps between films. If you can just think of anything that is longer than 11 years, please do tell us in and write into as, Friends Thoughts. As uh, two eternal 10-year-olds, of course, we are not sure what it's like to hear that sweet, sweet 12-year. <laughs> Um, oh, we know who's in this fucking film it's mostly the exact same cast as uh, Toy Story 2 of course uh, Jim Varney who played uh, Slinky the dog had passed away mm. between Toy Story 2 and Toy Story 3 so he is replaced by Blake Clark we also get a couple of new characters we have Michael Keaton playing uh, Ken uh, the Barbie doll's uh, lovable boyfriend uh, we have that was Ned- Michael Keaton that was Michael fucking Keaton I know right um, what uh, we have Ned Beatty playing uh, the villain Lotso the Bear. Uh, I think full full name uh, Lotso Hugging Bear. Lots of, or something fucking like that. Um, and then there are a few other fun cameos like Timothy Dalton as a uh, classically trained uh, actor hedgehog and uh, Whoopi Goldberg as uh, an octopus. Um, mm. It is the third animated film to date to receive a Best Picture nomination. Do you know what the other two are, Alexander? Yeah, um... It's Beauty and the Beast uh, in 90... I want to say... Was Beauty and the Beast 98, Early, I think it's 91. Um, and then I believe Inside Out was not nominated for Best Picture. It should have been. <laughs> um, like it... He's doing some fucking Simon Cowell shit. Okay. I believe Inside Out was not, not nominated. It. Is it Howl's Moving Castle in 2004? It is not. Uh, it is up in 2009. Oh, oh uh, well deserved. Uh, well deserved. But interestingly, both. Well, up was the first year that uh, the Academy increased the number of Best Picture nominations from yeah, yeah. five to ten. So it was quite a like big moment where like, mm. oh, they increased it, and now we can include animated films. And sure. of course, Toy Story three also benefited from that. So, um, but Beauty and the Beast, uh, the original, is the only one to have ever been nominated when there were only five uh, Best Picture nominations. Sure. Um, it grosses over a billion fucking dollars. Uh, it is the first animated film to do so and was the highest anima- uh, highest grossing film of 2010 and the fourth yeah. highest grossing film of all time at time of release behind Avatar, uh, Titanic and Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Interestingly, in those 10 years since, it is now the 34th highest grossing film. That shows just how much it has exploded the uh, film industry in terms of gross uh. in the last 10 years. Let, let me tell you, Jamie, about a little thing called inflation. Oh, all right? fuck it off. Is more yes. in, it is yes, more it's, impressive. It's 94th in, in fucking, if you adjust for inflation, <laughs> it means fucking nothing. Who gives a shit? But it was the fourth highest grossing film of all time when it was released. Um, it was, it was. Do you know what the second highest grossing film of 2010 was? Just because this very much surprised me. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean... No, it is not Pirates no. of the Caribbean. It's not anything that's in a series either. It is Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland, which grossed over oh, a God. billion that fucking is... dollars. Now, Jamie, I know by your standards, uh, two films do not a, se- a series make. However, it does have a sequel <laughs> like 2015. <laughs> okay, but I did it forget itself that. was a, a, a 
well, not original IP, but whatever. It wasn't part sure. of the series at the time. Um, no, no, I but agree. yeah, bonkers was... that that grossed over a billion. Uh, so I... It was second to, uh, and then just after that, sorry, was Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows Part One, which grossed just below a billion. So I think I was like fourteen or fifteen at the time, uh, as one came out, and I took this older girl to a date, and like I, I kind of didn't realize it was a date, and then it was on it, and I was like, oh shit, this is a date. And I was wearing the three D glasses, and I started having like a full on fever. Like, like I was, I was so sick and I was watching this thing and I'm like, I have never felt more ill watching a movie and also being physically ill as fuck at the time. And uh, it will be forever scarred on me as uh, like a a, a nightmarish fever dream uh, of a film. So don't watch Alice in Wonderland. Of course, watch Toy Story 3 instead. It's a much, much, much better film. Uh, Right. Now, this is, that was all the sort of factual bullshit this is where we actually get into some fun facts did you know that there are two other toy story 3s alexander so uh we've discussed previously uh when discussing toy story 1 and 2 that disney yeah. uh when they originally signed a deal with pixar disney owned the rights to anything pixar made and had the right to make a sequel if they wanted though pixar had first rights of refusal now around this time around uh 2004 2005 uh, i think um it was when Disney was entering into negotiations to purchase uh, Pixar outright. But these negotiations were going pretty poorly. So the Disney chairman at the time, Michael Eisner, put plans in motion to make a Toy Story 3 without Pixar, uh, bringing in a new studio called Circle 7. Uh, And oh boy, did they bring in the big guns, Alexander. They brought in Bradley Raymond, the director of The Hunchback of Notre Dame 2, and The Lion King, one and a half, both direct-to-video um, sequels to their original films. Uh, and the script was written by uh, the writers of Teacher's Pet. What's that, Al? You don't yeah, remember don't the 2004 all. animated no, musical comedy based on the 2000 TV show of the same name? How could no. this possibly fail? Uh, the concept of this first one was that the toys visited Andy's grandma's house because his room was getting remodeled. Uh, most of his original toys came with him. Uh, so the rest of the toys that were left behind, which is, again, not Woody, not Buzz, like none of like a few of the scraggler extras along with two new characters he he and gladiola try to figure out who stole the toys in a whodunit style murder mystery unsurprisingly that one did not go forward they then brought in another one written by the same uh, writers as meet the parents mm. and in this one buzz lightyear starts malfunctioning so they ship him to taiwan where he was built in order to hopefully get him fixed but while uh, this is sorry, the toys themselves ship him to Taiwan, not Andy and Andy's mum, the toys ship him to Taiwan to get him fixed. But while these toys are then uh, searching on the Internet, they find out that all of the buzzes are being, uh, what's the word, um, pulled, recalled. Re- recalled, thank you, uh, are being recalled because of... Uh, like wide malfunctions across all of them so suddenly they sure. got get all worried that buzz is going to get destroyed so they all ship themselves to taiwan as well uh, in order to save him uh unfortunately neither of these films ended up getting made uh, because disney does end up buying out pixar uh, and moves the production back to pixar where they start yeah. from scratch well- I believe, isn't it like that Pixar is still developing their version of Toy Story 3 whilst these companies are doing theirs? So, like, Pixar assumes that they're going to be able to make this film. Is that, like, Disney is really shittily in the background 
gonna refuse to actually pay for it or or release that film and release their one instead that was not the impression i got from my research simply because there are quotes from uh is it richard linklater i believe the the um uh, no, writer john, Lass- john, john, john lasseter uh, thank you yes not fucking yeah. richard linklater john lasseter thank you um they, yeah, uh, there are quotes from him saying like it wasn't anything personal that we didn't refer to any of these previous scripts that had been made we just wanted to write our own story so i believe they do start writing after the other productions are being made at least that was my understanding of uh the uh, research that i did um uh, also, interestingly, just one other fun fact, there were issues with uh, the old computer computer files that they had for the original Toy Story uh, of the original 3D models that they made. Uh, they were able to open them, but not able to edit them. So they had to recreate all of the models for Toy Story from scratch. That's why it ended up having a very large budget for an animated movie of $200 million, uh, oh, because, wow. because it was a drawn out um, uh, production process and also because they had to redo everything from scratch. Um, one final little fun fact in, uh, Bonnie's room, uh, well, the film's art director is, uh, Daisuke Tsutsumi, oh, Daisuke Tsutsumi, um, and he is married to, uh, Hayao Miyazaki's niece, uh, who was the original inspiration for the character Mei, uh, in Miyazaki's, uh, obviously famous film, uh, My Neighbor Totoro, and that, uh, and interestingly, Totoro himself yes. makes a cameo in Toy Story 3 as one of Bonnie's toys, so there's a fun little, uh, connection there. And that is, uh, I've got one more fun fact, which you'll have to remind me to bring up when we get on to the lovely Spanish buzz section. Uh, but that is all I have for now. So let's get into this fucking film. Now, um, I don't know whether I've, I'll probably, I've, maybe I will have put up on uh, up top uh, a um, previously on Hank's Bank uh, section. Maybe I wouldn't. But um, for a reminder for anyone who did not listen to uh, last week's episode, both of us, but me specifically, were pretty terrified going into this film because I had not watched it uh, since I watched it in the cinema. Uh, and as discussed, yeah. I am the age uh, of Andy. It it was a very interesting and important film for me at the time because I felt like it spoke very much to the stage of life I was in. So I was terrified going into this film. Uh, but having said that, I watched it this week, as did you. Let's Mm -hmm. get into it. How does this film open, Alexander? This film begins as all good films should, uh, with a train being hijacked by a potato full of monkeys uh, and being chased after by a cowboy on a, like, plushy horse, all right? That's right. Woody's back, baby. Uh, (laughs) Similar to the beginning of uh, Toy Story 2, which begins with, uh, like, Buzz in a video game, we are uh, in a kind of weird world, not quite like what we're used to. Uh, Woody's chasing him down. Mr. Potato Head is still on the train. They're kind of going on, they're going on. Uh, he's a bad guy. Uh, eventually, he kind of drops the train a train over the edge of a, a broken bridge. Jesse's there. Jesse's trying to help Woody. Woody's like, i got to save the train. He jumps on. It falls off the edge. Jesse's like, he's died, setting up the theme of death. Uh, <laughs> Buzz <laughs> manages to save uh, the train. Uh, setting up the theme that maybe not always death. Um, <laughs> God, you're giving spoilers and, right up top. And uh, puts the train down, saving the monkeys, of course. And Mr. Potato has continued off uh, in his sports car. Uh, um, uh, you know, ham, like ham shows up in a fucking spaceship. They face off, like they have Slinky the dog as their protector, and then yeah. Rex is the other people's protector. Anyway, and it turns out, back. of course, this is a dramatization of 
Andy playing with his toys. He's gone yeah. on a big adventure with them and he's been playing with them. Yeah, it, it, it's the it's we are inside Andy's imagination as we are doing that, right? His mum, you kind of uh, he pulls back out. It's uh, his his sister's there, uh, kind of mucking stuff up, but he doesn't mind. It's all part of the story, and his mum's filming it back in an old VHS uh, like like camcorder. Um, and we kind of time fades, uh, and we get and... a we get a classic Randy Newman uh, scored montage uh, of Andy growing up, and you know slowly yeah. playing with his toys a little less, and then we cut to uh, them in the toy uh, chest, uh, and they've got a phone and they've got a plan, and they ring the phone and they all wait there, and then Andy turns up, and what's this? This isn't little. This isn't your little bitch ass kid, Andy. This this Andy's a man now. He's all grown, and he don't play with his he he don't play with his what toys I, no more. He plays with his phone like one I of these fucking seeing, dirty millennials. What I love about seeing adult Andy one the flip phone is great, of course, but <laughs> back in 2010. Uh, but more than that, it's the um, like we see original Andy. Uh, in the flashback and I remember looking at him going man you look so janky and so weird like they like kid Andy is an ugly child and that's partly because they're trying to animate him in the same way they animated the original Andy uh, and again it's just really young sorry is this you building up to say that 17 year old Andy is hot as fuck well I'm saying he can get it alright like, he, he can get it um, so yeah they he picks up the phone he sees the toys there and he's like oh, fuck that chucks them back in and yeah. they're all like ah oh, shit didn't work and then they start to prepare they're like hey Andy, we're setting up what's going on in the film Andy's going off to college that means hey we're going to go up to the attic and that's okay there's 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 TV up there the old TV's up there and the racetrack yeah. it's going to be fine guys and you know we're Andy's toy so we'll always be here for him we knew this was going to happen guys it's all okay and there's and you know he's kind of called everyone together for this meeting um, there's the very depressing line where he's like you know we've lost some good friends along the way they've been given you know they've been given out at um uh, you know, yard sales, yard sales and, and friends, things like that, yeah, all that kind of things. But he kept us for a reason. There's a reason he gets us. And like Rex has this sad line where he kind of says, you know, we like, but uh, after uh, Woody's kind of listing off all the stuff, and he's like, we lost Bo Peep, and Woody's like, yeah, we lost Bo Peep, and he kind of looks off sadly. And I don't know, like, it's interesting that all the way through the first two films in the series, his relationship with Bo Peep is. In the first one, not even a joke, but like very simple, never explicitly anything. And yet you get to Toy Story 3 and I suddenly it all feels more adult and more like lived in, which I quite like. And I am looking forward to Toy Story 4 to seeing more of that play out, I think. I think Bo Peep's meant to be a bigger character in Toy Story 4. But it's also just odd that they decided to get rid of Bo Peep. Like there seems to be no real reason to get rid of Bo Peep, especially when it's like an early thing just to note like... Oh, we lost it. There's no real like emotional impact I, of losing. Uh, it's weird. This sounds bad. I think they got rid of Bo Peep because they wanted to make Barbie a bigger character. Because Barbie, yeah, Barbie has a much more fleshed out arc in this. Um, not arc, well, sort of arc, but like it's definitely much more fleshed out character. And my guess is they wanted to show it was less people, so they could kind of be like, you know, some impact has happened. Bo Peep is probably outside of Mr. Squeakers and two, the biggest person you could kill off without it necessarily like changing the dynamic of the group like Bo Peep doesn't go on the quest in two and in one although she likes Woody she's she's mostly a side character she never really 
actually engages in the main plot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we they have that little chat. They're like, he's going away to college. We'll get ready. We're going to go up in the attic. Uh, we then get uh, Andy's mum talking to him and being like, look, you've got to get packing. You're leaving on Friday. You chuck anything that you want to uh, stay and go in the attic in this box. Anything else, it's trash. It's going. Um, and he's like, yeah, okay, mom, whatever. I want to play Jeez. my video games and talk to my friends on MSN. Um, <laughs> and also, uh, Keely, she goes through and says, oh, and they do a little thing. Oh, what do you want to do with the toys? And Andy's like, oh, I'll fucking decide what I want to do with my toys. Um, and she also goes, well, Bonnie, not Bonnie. What's his sister's name? Um, Lil Margaret. Uh, <laughs> it's not Lil Margaret, but we're going to go Madge. with Lil Margaret. Um, uh, she goes, oh, Madge, maybe you should uh, donate some of your toys as well. We can take them to Sunnyside. Setting up Sunnyside. It's a place they can take toys. Uh, and that's where she chucks her Barbie. Um, so Andy starts clearing up his room uh, and he goes, OK, well, he, he starts chucking them in a bin bag and and then he kicks sticks woody to go to college he's like oh i, I, I gotta keep woody I'll, I'll take him to college yeah and then he goes and you're thinking oh god is he gonna chuck the rest of them away nah he's just taking him up to the attic and he starts going up to the attic but he gets distracted somehow i can't remember how and so he leaves yeah. um the bin bag down little, oh, yeah his little sister can't carry a box and he's kind of he says his sister's like he says to his sister are you gonna miss me and takes the box downstairs his mum then comes round and is like oh a garbage bag by the attic I'm going to throw this to the garbage. That's right. Proving once and for all that mothers are monsters and they want to get rid of your stuff, even if you really want to keep your stuff. And they know what they're doing. They're making bad choices. Yeah. Uh, so uh, they got, the yeah, they go to the curb and Woody's like, oh, fuck, I've got to save them. Uh, he calls the dog, um, who is now fat and old, and it's funny oh, as fuck. Oh, oh. Um, and he gets uh, eventually gets down and tries to help them, uh, but he doesn't manage to help them. He sees no. them get, sees a, the bin bag getting crushed in the garbage and it's like oh no yeah. but it turns out they managed to escape yeah reinforcing the theme of death um and he realizes oh they actually managed to escape and they've gone into the garage by themselves uh and he's like no guys he wanted to keep you and he's like no fuck you woody you're always lying to us he, you're just saying that because he you were gonna go off to college with him yeah. you're fine and he's like jesse, no jesse in particular is like it's uh like what happened with um with her previous owner. Oh, I can't yeah, remember. You know, that him. sad Jesse song from two, Toy Story 2. So they're like, fuck that, we're going to Sunnyside. So they pop off to Sunnyside. They hop in the um, back of the car in the box that's marked Sunnyside. Uh, and Woody comes with them as well. I can't remember. Is that by accident Basically, or by he gets choice? In. So he's, he's trying to persuade them all to leave and like... Oh, and then she closes the back the, of the yeah. car, right? So... So they um, go to Sunnyside, which turns out is like a nursery slash daycare. Yeah. And they get there and all the toys are there and they're like, hey guys, what's up? Welcome to Sunnyside. Uh, also, at this point, we meet Bonnie, who is the daughter of uh, the like one of the staff members of Sunnyside yeah. and also a family friend of, um, of Andy's mum. Uh, but yeah, all the toys are like, welcome to Sunnyside. This is great. And we meet Lotso Hugging Bear. And he's a, he's a southern gentleman. And he's so lovely. Oh, if he talks like this, he must not have any sinister implications. I've never watched a single Tennessee Williams play. So I think everyone who talks like this must be lovely. He um, has a voice like honey. That's right. And he tells us that at Sunnyside, everything has its place. 
reinforcing their themes of segregation. Uh, <laughs> and so they like, look, we're, we're going to stay in this room. You guys, you're going to go in that room and you're going to get played with and it's going to be great. They go in the other room and they notice... It's not great. You know, there's all, all, the oh. other, all the other toys. Are, oh. Also, this I bet, is I guarantee... Okay, I was going to say, no, no, I guarantee this is not important. By this point, Woody has escaped. So Woody, Woody has a big argument with the guys when he first gets to Sunnyside. He oh, sees yes. it, he thinks it's going to be vaguely okay. He says, I've got to get back to Andy. They're like, well, go, no one's keeping you. He goes up to the roof. Um, he kind of looks around, sees that Sunnyside is basically a prison fortress It is for a toy. You know, there are these really high walls. There's no way out. But luckily, there's a kite on the roof. And because of the kite on the roof, he, um, he manages to fly over the top, uh, where he's then picked up by Bonnie. But, yes. Yeah. Uh, back the... Meanwhile, back at Sunnyside, um, Barbie goes off with Ken. Uh, she meets Ken and Ken's like, oh, my God, you're so pretty. Uh, anyone who's listened to our mini-sode on Toy Story Tunes knows more about the relationship between Barbie and Ken. Go and listen to Barbie that episode Saurus if you Rex. want to. Have you ever Barbie pimped Saurus your own? <laughs> yeah, you can hear about the myth of Party Saurus Rex. Um, but yeah, um, so she's in the other one. But all the other toys, you know, Buzz and, and Jesse and all them are like, we're going to get played with. This is great. And they see the bell ring and they're like, shit, position everyone and they're lying in the middle of the room getting ready to get played with uh, and then they notice that all the other toys have slinked away and are hiding in boxes and shit and buzz is like uh guys and then a tsunami of children <laughs> descends upon all of these toys and if you've ever seen three-year-olds play with toys fuck me is it brutal uh so they start uh, just tearing them apart putting them in mouths it's very it's a great funny physical uh physical comedy montage like sticking parts in noses and stuff like that um uh yeah and so they just get absolutely torn apart by all these devilish young children meanwhile bonnie and Woody is a grand old time. Bonnie's the best. She's a sweet little kid. She's joined. uh, This is when we meet uh, the Timothy Dalton hedgehog. um, Who's great fun. Timothy Dalton, obviously one of the ex James Bonds. Um, One of my favorite lines in the film, like after they get played with for the first time, Timothy Dalton goes to Woody. Yes. Are you classically trained? (laughs) No, I love that. I, I love that scene so much. Cause like they go, Bonnie's like, they have its tea party. Woody's like, I got to get out of here. To which um, he, he, to the Timothy Dalton, Timothy Dalton uh, porcupine toy is like, shh. And Woody's like, Woody's like, what? And then, um, and I think it's John Goodman. No, it might not be John Goodman. I don't think it's uh, John Goodman. I can't remember who the voice is. But he's playing and uh, another one of the toys is like, oh, don't worry. We just, we do a lot of improv around here. Just, <laughs> just jump in. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, all of Bonnie's toys are, are a really fun uh, addition. Um, and yeah, so he's like, look, it's great fun here, but uh, I, I got a mosey. Um, meanwhile, back at uh, Sunnyside, Buzz is like, look, this has clearly been a mistake. I'll go and talk to Lutzo. It'll be fine. Um, and they uh, he sk- sneaks out at night, tries to find Lotso. And what does he find? He finds Ken and Lotso and uh, the octopus. No, Lotso's not there yet. Lotso's not there yet. It's just It's all the minions, right? It's all the minions, like the the henchmen, like Ken and the octopus and the the fucking lizard thing, um, all laughing, going, (laughs) what about those new recruits? Uh, They're like playing cards over a table and shit uh, in the top of a vending machine. It's like, I don't think there's a useful one in a single one of them. And and they're like, hey, Ken, you've got yourself a nice little side piece there, (laughs) mom. Um, uh, and then they find out that Buzz has been listening in on them and they threaten to beat him up at which point oh 
Oh, no, no, no. I'll, I'll bring this up later. Sorry. Okay. At which point uh, Lotso bursts in and it's like, boys, 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 this is not how we treat one of our distinguished guests. Oh, I'm so sorry there, Buzz. You seem to have had a little bit of a problem. Um, can you tell that I just feel like I'm relatively okay at a southern voice and therefore this is the only character I'm going to be quoting for the rest of the I, film? I definitely, I can tell you think that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and he's he's just like look us old timers I'll stop doing it us old timers like well, we yeah. can't we can't we can't handle all the young kids anymore well, that's why we we put you young guys in and and you guys you can handle it you you you've got to have your own place uh, as you say um, I, it's also a key uh, plot point that Mrs Potato Head has. Uh, left uh one of her eyes is still in andy's room oh and sorry the um when buzz refuses to to fall in line uh they reset him uh they find the instruction yeah. manual and they reset ooh, him ooh. In, a, in again look and of course uh in a recurring uh segment in our show uh does this top hanks movie include torture uh the question <laughs> of uh does does Toy Story three have Guantanamo Bay parallels? Uh, the answer is yes. The, yeah, Story like like the human equivalent to this would be a fucking lobotomy. <laughs> like, um, so they re uh, they reset him, uh, and then they go back uh, to the other toys. Who and Lotso turns up, and they're like, "Hey, where's Buzz?" And Buzz turns up now, and he's back to being oh strict buzz oh ah buzz let you to the rescue and he's a policeman and he locks them all fucking away because they're well, they're, and they're, now, they're some uppity like, little bitches yeah come on i mean guys guys you gotta respect the authority all right there's a chain of <laughs> command everything in its place I it's know, interesting though. i know i was circling around saying that sort of same thing but that was just at the times we're currently in just hearing the, the words toy- respect authority is just, <laughs> it's really jarring. So what you're saying, Jamie, is defund Sunnyside. I get it. I agree. <laughs> they should. Absolutely. Um, um, but uh, there's like, what I quite like is how in the first film, obviously, like, you have, you see the same buzz, right? This And he's kind of very much like a, uh, an adventurer, like a kind of sp- space frontier kind of character, right? You know, he's a bit like a... Kirk from Star Trek, sort of, except I haven't really watched enough Star Trek to know if that's an accurate comparison. But, um, whereas here, it's very fascist. It yeah. is the same character, as in a different context, gone from being a bigger authority to a straight-up, like, fascist enforcement. Like, this is Colditz, and he is the Nazi warden-style character. It's fantastic. Um, um, at this point, once they've all been uh, locked away, um, we cut back to Woody. He's about to escape. Uh, at which point they like look up where Andy's house is in relation to Bonnie's yeah. house. And they're like, it's right around the corner. He's like, sweet, I'm going to go. And then he yeah. sort of offhandedly mentions Sunnyside. And they go, you Ooh. escaped from Sunnyside? No toys escaped from Sunnyside. Uh, and then we get uh, a sequence where we see we see a sad clown looking off in the Chuckles. corner. Uh, uh, Chuckles. In what is a very good visual bit, which I'll mention in a second. But he's, he's like a sad clown. And he's like, yeah. oh, I used to be, live there. I used to know Lazzo the bear, and he Before wasn't he always there. so angry. Um, and so it's we a, get, and like, we essentially get Jesse's song part two. Yeah. What I love about it is yeah, exactly, but but different. But whereas different. in whereas in Toy Story two, we are set up that when we have these flashbacks, it will make us empathise with the a character. So you know, Jesse starts off as 
not a not a villain in like Toy Story 2, but for a while in the plot, she's an antagonist, right? She stops Woody from leaving. Yeah. And this shows makes us empathize with her and support her. Whereas this does the opposite thing. Well, where, like, well it, like, it shows it, it shows Chuckles it shows um lots of breaking bad. It shows yes, the essentially. It like, starts out with that empathy. So yeah, Chuckles and yeah, the visual bit I really like is Chuckles is the sad clown and then it fades to the uh flashback and he's a sad he's got a happy clown face happy on. Clown, yeah. I really like it. Um and it turns out that basically uh Lotso and Chuckles the Clown and the Big Baby um oh, used to belong to some the scary big baby uh used to belong to uh, another um, girl. That girl accidentally left them one day on a picnic. Uh, they trekked for ages to try and get back to the house. They eventually get there, and in in like a really uh, dramatic scene where it's like pouring down with rain, Lotso's plodding up there, uh, and then he sees that the girl has uh, replaced him with another Lotso, and he goes back and he's like, "She replaced us." Wow, my accent went just disappeared there. I'm going to stop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. She replaced us. Uh, and she's and like the other ones are like, well, did did they replace all of us? And he's like, replaced all of us. Um, and then yeah. he he stomps off. So basically, we see this idea, and interestingly, this is a, a theme that's very strongly um, uh, explored in uh, Marvel Spider Man, the video game I just finished. Um, how people <laughs> react to negative things happening in their life, and lots of yeah. uh, reacted to this with hatred, and, basically, and the and fact resentment. that he wants his his compadres to suffer right like yeah it's the bit where she's like she replaced us come on no she only replaced you she replaced all of us didn't she big baby goes up to the window uh to which like lots of then like big baby back when it was actually like dressing a baby outfit rather than this terrifying baby with like one eye um has this little like pendant around uh its neck saying like daisy loves you or something to which like lots of just like grabs it off and like throws it to the floor being like she don't love you no more big baby it's really dark it's dark it, it's horrible and like i i mentioned tennessee williams earlier as a joke but it probably was in my brain because when i was watching this i was like that is some fucking tennessee williams shit yeah. like that is like precisely like the old southern man who's filled with bitter and angerness and resentment destroying the people around him like it was it's it's a really uh cool cool moment um uh, and so, yeah, Woody obviously resolves to go back to Sunnyside to uh, help his pals again. Um, I yeah. can't remember how he gets back in. He does. Um... Uh, he just gets in Bonnie's backpack, I think. Yes, yeah, he sneaks in through Bonnie's backpack. You're right. Um... Uh, we then have a great sequence where um, he's looking for his friends and he finds an old phone. So he, he snuck in and he's kind of hiding away. And there's, <laughs> there's like a little Fisher Price uh, phone uh, on Toy telephone, yeah. Yeah, and it kind of, you know, it rings, and he's like, what? And it rings, and he doesn't pick it up. And he, the kind of, the, the toy phone, like, throws its, the, the kind of handle off, off the, the receiver. Uh, for, for our younger listeners who might not have ever seen a, um, a, a, a an old phone, uh, it has a little, little wheel. Rotary. It's very pretty. A rotary. It's, it's, yeah, it's a rotary phone, there we go. And um, the guy picks it up. And uh, the, the he, guy, he, do you mean no, Woody? Sorry, sorry. Yeah, Woody picks it. Sorry, <laughs> you know, Woody the guy. Hey, the guy, the the the, the cowboy. You know, the main the main boy. He he, he does the rooting and the tooting. Yeah, and the phone's like they're watching you. And then just <laughs> this really like harsh phone. He's like, you're never gonna get out again, cowboy. You're stuck in here forever. All you can do is survive. And Woody's like, I need to get out with my friends. And he's like, there's no way out. Um, and they kind of, but he and the phone together devise a plan in which they could uh, help 
the other toys escape. Um, so they could go up to the attic and uh, Woody could go to college. Um, it is, I, I believe by this point, they the other toys have found out that Andy yes. was going to put them so, in the attic. So um, basically, as I said, uh, Mrs. Potato Head, one of her eyes is still in Andy's room uh, and she closed her eye. And in... In the best bit of uh, reading physical body language and understanding an entire conversation without being able to hear it, uh, she sees Andy and, and uh, Andy's mum arguing uh, over where the uh, the bag that where the toys had gone, uh, and she puts two and two together and says, "Oh no, she well, he didn't want us to go up in the attic, oh boy." Um, and so they devise a plan, as you say. The plan is sort of threefold. We have uh, Barbie is going to distract Ken. Uh, there is one of those like clapper monkey with symbols uh, that oh, looks creepy. over all of the, yeah. that's creepy as fuck and looks oh, over man. all of the security footage. Um, and then for some reason, and I cannot remember why, Mr. Potato Head puts all of his body parts in a tortilla. <laughs> why oh, does that happen? <laughs> so this this happens earlier on uh, when Mr. Like there's a great sequence where like. Mr. Potato Head gets put in the box, right? And Buzz is like, prisoner sleep in the cell. Any prisoner caught us cell spends the night in the box. Roll cool at dusk and dawn. Any prisoner versus roll cool spends the night in the box. Prisoners do not speak unless spoken to. Any prisoner talks back spends the night in the box. And they want to get Mr. Potato Head in the box because that way he'll be outside of the cage, right? So yeah. they leave his body in the box and he pushes his eyes through the holes. And someone has like slipped a tortilla through like the window. <laughs> so to because again in toy story and like i'll get on to this later but like just like the essence of the toy is all you need to be a toy yeah so he sticks himself in the tortilla to it, like and genuinely fall. him just flopping around as a tortilla so is genuinely hysterical so it should not be as funny as it is um meanwhile oh, yeah barbie is distracting ken by putting him in different oh, outfits no, no no you say distracting barbie strip tortures ken all right and <laughs> This is an important thing, which I need to talk about here because I'm not sure where else I'm going to be able to talk about it. Ken has a, is kind of Ken's dream house, a Bobby's dream house. They have all these clothes. The question is, do you think we are either meant to assume that someone donated the dream house uh, to Sunnyside with all those clothes? Or do you think Ken knocks off every other Bobby? Oh, 100%. 100%. He's been stealing collecting. these clothes for years and years and years. He, like, he is a grand larcenist. <laughs> Because I don't believe that Barbie is the first Barbie to ever come to Sunnyside. So my question is, has Ken been killing them? <laughs> is Ken a serial killer who's knocking off Barbies and Kens so he can be the only one until he finds his Barbie? This is the head cannon we need. This is um, what I'm here for. So um, they've also been trying to get the uh, instruction manual uh, that Barbie says, how do we turn uh, Buzz back? And he says, there, there's an instruction manual. So they go and find the instruction manual. Uh, and uh, they're trying to read it, and they're like holding, they like, okay, hold down this reset button, but don't hold it for more than four seconds. Uh, and they hold it, as soon as uh, that Rex, happens, Rex yeah. goes like, what? And then uh, <laughs> it, it beeps. Uh, and this oh, is when we get situation. Spanish buzz. Uh, yes. Spanish buzz. Oh. Now, there are two things about Spanish buzz that I wanted to bring up uh, that I thought were interesting. Firstly, the one that sort of disappointed me is the guy that voices Spanish buzz is not the guy who has been doing the Spanish buzz dubs for Toy oh. Story 1 and 2, which is really disappointing. You feel like it would, like, it just makes sense to to use 
the person who'd been doing the Spanish dubs. Uh, so that was uh, a little bit disappointing and also very difficult to find out. It required more research than I thought to try and find the Spanish dub uh, dubbing cast uh, of Toy Story 3 uh, and Toy Story 1 and 2. Uh, secondly, uh, in more interesting uh, question, you might wonder, Alexander, because of course he turns into Spanish buzz. So what happens in Spanish Toy Story? Yes, I wasn't. What do you about this? Uh, well, you might think that he might speak English, but that wouldn't really make sense for the physicality where he starts doing flamenco dancing or whatever. But uh, what he does do is he they uh, change the voice actor uh, to another Spanish actor who speaks in a very strong, over-the-top, exaggerated Andalusian accent, which is the one which has the th sound that uh, we are that is so often mocked in Spanish. Trifa. So if if you were to talk like this and talk like you were come from España and really over the top like ridiculous accent uh, and so they do that oh, instead and interestingly uh, and conveniently uh, the Andalusian area is also where flamenco dancing is from so basically they just turn Spanish buzz into into Spanish buzz and it becomes way more uh, over exaggerated um, it would essentially be if the joke turned from him being like an Englishman to a cockney or something like that um right. That's very interesting. There you go. I, I, because I speak Spanish, I was able to do some actual relevant oh, research. Yay! Um, Jamie, and then, yeah. uh, as always, you are the you are the 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 entire glue support system <laughs> and uh, everlasting structure that keeps the show alive. So I mean, I do again. know that, but thank you for saying it. Um, yeah, well, no, so worry. yeah, we get Spanish Buzz. Uh, he's very fun. He speaks in Spanish. He does flamenco dancing, and he flirts with Jesse. It's brilliant i remember watching it when i was 17 or 18 and it was fantastic it's, then and it's fantastic now it's also like and i, I again we'll go down to this more later but i i remember like i restarted watching it and at the beginning of the film i was kind of like i can't like what is it as good as i remember and you have that kind of first segment where there's you know it's the kind of the flash not the flashback but the imagination stuff and all that kind of thing and you're like okay it's fine and it, it's it's around about here where i think or around about the, the breakout sequence where in particular it it really kicks into gear as this film is something very, 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 very special. Yeah, Ellen Ellen noted this. I sort of disagree with her, but she said that basically, yeah, the first hour of this film is actually kind of boring and then the last 45 minutes are really incredible. I disagree with her that the first hour is boring, that, but but, yeah. but, it, but it's definitely way, it really just I, goes into high gear. I, what I, and again, I, I think it sets up. I think, yeah, the, it sets I think for up. me, the first hour like is is largely like emotional setup so it's like i don't think it's boring i think it's but it's softer yeah and i think it, it then sets up the emotional stakes for the third um i third. will i will discuss further my thoughts of those first uh, two sure, thirds of later. the film uh, a little bit later so yeah they so, uh, break out of sunnyside uh but lotso is in tow uh, so they are about to jump into uh, uh they've they've gone shoot. through like a, a, a bunch of like ducts and they're about to jump into a garbage bin but lotso is there and he's like, ha ha, I will stop you now. Uh, it, uh, it, see, Big baby. It, it was, I really genuinely felt like I had a good thing going. I felt like I was genuinely doing a decent lots of impression. And as soon as I pointed it out, I have not been able to get back to it since. Um, uh, and basically he's like, fuck you guys, you, you can't escape. And Woody's like, look appealing to the good side again i'm weirdly noticing so many parallels about the themes of this and marvel spider-man on ps4 <laughs> anyway um uh yeah he's like no like you don't need to feel hate what about uh whatever alice or whatever her name he's like how do you know about daisy. her uh daisy um how do you know about her and it's like looks 
it's fine. She still loved you. Like you don't have to yeah. react to this with hate. And also you've like been really mean to your friends. Hey, hey, big baby. Like she didn't replace you. You're fine. And big baby is like, and then he throws lots of in the fucking bin. Uh, <laughs> oh, but there's also like we have some great lines before here, and like which, yeah. I, and this is this is dramatically, although not in reality, sort of the climax of the film. Like you have you we it kind of escalates in a few minutes, but like you have the great line of like I didn't throw you out, your kid did. Um, yeah. And then it's like, yeah, there's a bit where he's like, ain't one kid ever loved, ain't one kid ever loved a toy, really. And the great line, which I really just love, where he's, he's like, you're plastic, you're, you're made to be thrown away. Um, this is what happens when you dummy try to think, we're all just trash, waiting to be thrown away, that's all a toy is, trash. And I just, I, there's some like really, really, and then really I, cool I believe it is exactly there. on that moment that the baby picks him up and throws him in the bin. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and they're like, "Hey, fuck you!" They close close the bin door, and they're about to go away because the bin the bin men are coming, and they're gonna yeah. uh, chuck them away. But Lotso escapes. He grabs. Um, he doesn't escape, but he manages to grab onto um, Woody's foot and pull him in. And everyone's like, "Hey, we gotta help him!" Um, and they go in and help him. Um, yeah. Uh, and so they end up getting chucked away. Basically, they end up uh, in the uh, chucked by the bin men and taken to the dump. And so we reach the dump, uh, and they all try to escape. Lotso's been, uh, you know, damaged no. and, and whatever, and we don't see him for a little bit. Jamie, have you noticed something about one of the bin men? Oh, yeah, it's... Uh, oh, I meant to mention this. Yeah, it's uh, Sid. Uh, the bin man yes. we see earlier when he tries to take him away has a skull t-shirt on. Um, it is Sid. It's, in fact... I, I don't think he actually has any lines, but he just makes, like, little no. do-do-do-do's, and, like, he makes, like, a, a guitar riff uh, noise. Yeah. But that is actually the original Sid voice actor, which is fun. Um, they, they like, even though it's that. like nothing really important, uh, they did bring him back to, to make those noises, yeah. which is nice. Um, so they yeah, try so they to escape, the dump. uh, they go and they end the up on, get swept up. So yeah. The little uh, green men uh, from the first one and the other ones, they get swept up separately. Um, and the rest of the guys basically get pushed onto a trash conveyor belt. Yeah. Uh, which they notice like, suddenly things are flying to the ceiling and there's a big crusher at the end and they realize it's metal things. They grab onto metal things and they um, uh, fly up to the ceiling. They're about to uh, get past the crusher when they see that Lotso is back there uh, and Woody's like, oh, well, fuck. I guess I'm the hero of this film, so I better do the thing that's morally right. Uh, and he goes and uh, frees Lotso from the golf bag that he's stuck under. Uh, Buzz helps him and they get him up. Uh, they get through to the other side, uh, and they're, they're like, yeah, They have, sweet. by this point, Buzz has been, Buzz is almost crushed in the bin, and uh, Buzz is now back to English-speaking Buzz. Oh, yes, yeah, Buzz, yeah, Buzz somehow, like, he, yeah, he just gets crushed, and then it resets him for some fucking reason, makes yeah. no sense. Um, but yeah, so they're going up, and, uh, oh boy, uh, <laughs> they're heading oh, towards, it's, it's a- um, they're heading towards a, a red, a red thing at the end, and, well, and then it fast yeah, forwards, and it's clear it's an incinerator. Um, and, yeah. So they, they're going, they've kind of dropped back down onto the conveyor belt. Um, Lotso, there's a big kind of stop button. The guys help Lotso up. Uh, and Lotso goes up to the stop button and he's like, see ya boys. Yeah, he's, he's like, fuck bounces. you. He just bounces. Um, 
And so they go up over the edge uh, and they're catapulting downwards in like yeah. a reverse pyramid uh, towards uh, the incinerator. They're all trying to scrabble up and, and Woody's still trying to scrabble up. But then we get a slow shot of just Jesse looking down at the... Oh, boy. Oh, boy, Al. Um, <laughs> looking down at the... Um, uh, I said I wasn't going to cry on the episode. Um, yes. Looking down at the fire uh, and looking at Buzz uh, and then they just hold hands. Um, yeah. And slowly they, we they get all... each of them holding hands. Woody's still trying to escape, but he's the last one still trying. Uh, and then Buzz just looks at him. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Extends um, his hand. And sticks his hand out and and grabs his hand. Now, I would like to say as a moment of levity at this point, have you seen the video on the internet where... Um, uh, a couple of kids edited this film for, and showed it to their mum so that the credits rolled at this point. <laughs> it is fucking brilliant. Um, but no, uh, this this uh, the credits do not roll at this point. Uh, the claw comes and saves yeah. them. Uh, the the three aliens um, manage to grab onto them uh, and scoop them up by a gigantic claw. Yeah. Uh, and they get out uh, and we get a very fun uh, Mr. Potato Head says to them, uh, you have saved our lives. Uh, we are eternally grateful, which is really fun. Um, and they have a little bit of reconciliation and they're like, yeah. we've, we've got to get back to Andy's. Um, sure. uh, Lotto at this point has been picked up by a garbage uh, man and uh, just like attached to the front of this garbage truck uh, yeah. to, to live out the rest of his life in eternal torment. Yeah. Um, uh, a bit like uh, Prometheus. Um, the, the guys so, manage to get back. To, yeah, they get back to, uh, to Andy's the house just in time. Um, they they jump in a box for the attic, um, and and Woody jumps in the box Woody for the realizes, college. And at this point, yes. he goes. He Woody hops out and he writes something quickly on a on a post it note I, and puts I think it on the box. That. I think Woody's. Oh man, I'm not going to cry. <laughs> Woody's mom goes. Um, I, I can't believe you're going. Oh Jesus! Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah we, from from within the box, uh, we see the empty room, and Andy's mum uh, just goes uh, has like that that moment of of saying goodbye to her son uh, and has a little cry. Oh man! Uh, and yeah. I, think, I think that's what motivates. That's what motivate. I think believe uh, motivates Woody to go out, write the note saying. Yes. Uh, well, we don't see Which we don't see says, what it says, but um, uh, yeah. uh, and Andy go looks at the note and goes, "Hey, mom, you you really want me to donate these?" Um, and she's like, "Yeah." Um, uh, and so he pops that oh, box man. in um, uh, in his car and he starts to drive away for uh, yeah. college. But he makes a stop and he stops off uh, at Bonnie's house. Bonnie's house. Uh, so. He sees Bonnie oh. playing in the garden um, and he goes, uh, hey, Mrs. Bonnie. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what her fucking name is. Hey, Bonnie's um, mom. Uh, and she's like, hey, on your way to college. And he's like, yeah, I am right now, but um, I just wanted to to bring bring some toys. And he bends down and goes to Bonnie like, hey, I, I heard you uh, you really like playing. I heard you're really, someone told me that you're really good at playing. So he starts to pull out all of his toys and he goes, oh, this yeah. is Rex. He's the scariest dinosaur that ever did live. Uh, and this is Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. And you got to keep them together for they're desperately in love. Uh, and he does that for everyone. And then he gets to Buzz and he goes, oh, this is, this is Buzz Lightyear. He saves everyone in the galaxy. Yeah. Um, and, and Bonnie's, Bonnie's really that's... enjoying it. And he yeah. thinks that's and, the and end. And she goes, well, Bonnie, yeah, he, and he looks in. Uh, Bonnie sees, goes over to the box. There. No, Bonnie yeah, goes over bo to the box and goes, "My cowboy." 
and then uh, he... no, I think she says there's a snake in my boot or something like that. Or she's yeah. my cowboy or like there's a snake in my boot and like Woody, I like and he doesn't want to give away Woody. And he's kind of looking at her and she's you know she's looking sad and she's a toy and he has this bit where, oh man he goes and he goes like now Woody uh, now Woody he's been my power for as long as I can remember. <laughs> <laughs> He's brave like a cowboy should be and kind of smart, but the thing that makes Woody special is he'll never give up on you ever. He'll be there for you. <laughs> I Pixar like, films, man. I, I was oh, no uh, matter what, dear, dear, dear listeners. I was I was oh. welling up earlier. Uh, oh. I I can say that Al is full on fucking crying right now. Oh yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, he um, agrees to to give. Woody to Bonnie, uh, and then he plays with them play. one last time. They just play yeah. uh, one last time, uh, oh. and and then he drives away, and we get a shot of all the toys on the fucking porch, just watching Andy driving away. Oh Jesus! Uh, <laughs> and then that's the end of the fucking film. Uh, we get some uh, credit sequences uh, with like Sunnyside has now been um, yeah. uh, done up. Uh, Ken and Barbie are running it and it's a better, more equal so, place. The to- toys like tag in and out from the, um, from the abuse of the, the little the, children. Yeah. Um, do we, do we think that these are meant to be in canon? Because as we know, of course, with some of the Toy Story tunes, Ben and, Car- ben and uh, Ken and Barbie eventually move into with Bonnie. Uh, I, 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 I would assume that um, the Toy Story tunes are the ones that are not canon. Um, or conversely, just like later, later on, they get picked up by Bonnie and she takes them back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they also communicate back with the toys through um, like letters and stuff. Uh, yeah. And yeah, it's that's that's the end of Toy Story. Oh, right, let's Goodness talk gracious! About right, let's Jamie. Talk, um, yeah, because I had a lot of fucking feelings about this film. So um, obviously, the the big thing that everyone talks about this film is the emotional uh, impact. So we'll start with that. Uh, although I do have other thoughts. Um, I I was. I was so obviously for the like 20 minutes building up to the incinerator scene I know it's going to happen I'm sitting there going oh oh no I know it's going to happen and I'm building it up and oh maybe what if I don't find it as oh I don't know and then I just fucking cried my eyes out like it it didn't matter how much I built it up in my brain it didn't matter like there is just inherently something very very sad and it's obviously because having grown up with these characters like it, it's the same fucking reason I cried in the Simpsons movie like I I feel like I have a personal connection to these characters so even though I know they're going to be okay and even though I knew it was going to happen uh, I cried at, at the incinerator scene I then had sort of forgotten because the incinerator scene is the one that everyone talks about I'd yeah. sort of forgotten the rest of it I, I didn't specifically remember the, the conversation between Andy and his mum I didn't specifically I knew he gave them to Bonnie but you know I didn't remember the specifics of it so I was basically crying for the last 20 minutes of this film like yeah. it it the, the incinerator scene hit me because I knew it was going to hit me but the second the other parts there are a really really good nuanced emotional look at the concept of growing up and yeah. and that's something that is scary for everyone i feel like i sin- like like since i was 17 when i first got scared by that concept i have just continually been scared of that concept ever since so it still scares me i feel like that's what most people's 20s are just being yeah. scared of growing up um, I think so, it's yeah. The emotional impact still hit me just as much as uh, as I sort yeah. of feared it wouldn't. I uh, 
so for me it was interesting because I so I spent my week beforehand watching some other Pixar films, um, not watching up because that does make me cry too much. I love it, but, but like that's like a once every couple of year thing. But I've rewatched um, Coco, which is directed by Leon Critch, who also directed Toy Story three, yeah. and I also watched uh, Inside Out, which is directed by Pete Doctor. Doctor, Doctor, um, who was one of the credited writers and definitely is a producer on this too. He also directs Up, and uh, I think he's a, a co-director on Monsters Inc. So a lot of films are designed to make you cry, but in the same way that like Inside Out is a brilliant movie about like why it's okay to be sad, right? Like why sadness is actually good. Why you need to you need to be able to process your emotions in order to kind of not get depressed and to, to deal with those things and the way in which Coco is about like like Toy Story 3 is about death is about I mean I haven't know, seen Coco but uh, if you want to cry enjoy it um, <laughs> it's great really good fuck time and some great songs but but it will make you cry but it, it's very much like they are film like, Pixar movies at their best and I think Cars is an example of this of this when it's not at its best are means by a piece of art designed to help in a really empathetic way and i think in a way which most kids most art made for kids isn't necessarily this although maybe different books it designed to help you through different emotions and different concepts and the way in which like i, I guess you know it's, own way up is also about death but like family and letting go and grief and all these things are so important and, and like Toy Story 3 is about putting away childish things. Um, and the arc of the film is not Buzz's, it's not Woody's, it's not Lotso's, it's not any of the other characters. The arc of this film is Andy's. Yeah. Where at the beginning of the movie, Andy was going to take Woody to college and he was going to put the rest of his toys up in his attic. And he was going to hold on he was going to hold on to these childish things. I don't mean that in a disparaging way. I mean like these these totems, these tokens of his childhood. And it is about him learning to let go. And the last time I ever watched Toy Story 3, uh, all the way through, was when I was 18. And it was the night before I went to St. Andrews. Uh, <laughs> that was a real dumb time to watch this No, movie. I, I wanted to make my parents cry. Here's the thing. I really, really <laughs> wanted to make my parents cry. And it ended up that my brother and sister had like a massive fight with my mum and dad that night. And so they didn't end up watching it. So I was the So for me... I so identify it with that time, but honestly, I think it did help. Like, I I think it for me helps in terms of like, it's okay to let go to your past. It's okay to let go of your toys. The way in which like, there's a very good there's a very good article on the AV Club right now. They're doing a series on Pixar, and there's a very good article about this there. But like, it is about it is about the way in which like. Like you said, you were at the exact age of Andy all the way through these films. This last film was about saying, like, we love you and it's okay to let us go. That, like, your experiences with Toy Story, your experiences with these films are, are real and are existed. And, and it's okay that you are no longer a child and it's okay that you might want to let go, right? Like, I think we see it in other forms of media which don't say that, which say almost the opposite thing. Like... I think a lot of the, the Star Wars films are, are probably, unfortunately, the the worst example of this, which are a bunch of people who were children in 1980 and 1970 and who from there have repeatedly and in sometimes really horrific ways abused a bunch of people wanting to make movies for 
like 13 year olds and like 12 year olds and who are not ever really making it for them and i can understand that can be frustrating because you love this thing but are trying to make something for kids and that it's okay it's okay if the thing's not good right and if, if it's not if you don't like it sure but like these things are to some extent toys they are they are things made for for family entertainment you know so like so was thing especially with this and like it is okay to put that away and to say that's enough to take a breath and go on and i love this film so much i, I just i it deals with like some incredibly emotionally complicated issues um it deals with what... in a really nuanced way with so much love and like with no other feeling but love yeah absolutely there's there's such a reverence for the topics that, that they're dealing with i also think it like what speaks to it so much is the fact that i was never a kid that had really toys or like got really obsessed with with toy i like i maybe yeah. because i was a little bit old whatever but i just never really grew up with toys or had a huge amount of emotional connection with toys and yet I still feel immediately like I have so much, uh, I relate so much to Andy. Like it, it yeah. speaks so much to like, this is much more than just a story about someone giving up their toys, clearly. Um, and that it is still able to tell that very human story, even though it's about some fucking toys. And let's talk about some fucking toys, Al, because one of my big complaints with Toy Story 2 was that they lost a bunch of the toy jokes. I felt like Toy Story 2 yeah. was much less funny than Toy Story 1. I felt like oh, when true. we watched the Toy Story tunes, like we brought back a lot of that, yeah. um, that, that jokey making jokes around like toy related meta humor. And this film is fucking funny as shit. Like I, I really forgot how funny this film is. Like it really, like way funnier than Toy Story 2, probably funnier than Toy Story 1. And it was really a joy to me to like watch it. That's why I, I sort of disagreed with uh, with my girlfriend about that first hour of the film, because I think the first hour of the film is when a lot of the really great jokes are. Like it's genuinely yeah. hysterical film, which is one of my larger complaints with some of the uh, later Pixar films is that they lost a lot of their humor so it was really really like re refreshing to see Pixar's humor again in this film because they are funny yeah no I agree with that it's uh I found that interesting actually because obviously I didn't find the first hour boring Alyssa finds it a really stressful film like she, <laughs> she we both basically like spent the last 20 minutes just like hysterically bawling but actually for the first she really didn't want to watch it like all the way through she she finds the film way too stressful I think I think probably in part knowing that like what's going to come and that that kind of emotional like intensity that it is, whereas I, for me, it's a bit like going to the theater and watching, like this is going to sound pretentious, but, like go, go and see King Lear or something, right? Like you know that King Lear dies, you know that Cordelia dies. You're not going to see King Lear. Dude, for surprises. fucking spoilers! Fuck. Oh, sorry guys, sorry guys. <laughs> How uh, dare you spoil that 400-year-old play? For, oh, guys, from now on in the podcast, we'll try not spoil 400, 500-year-old plays. <laughs> I, pro I won't do it again. Don't, please don't cancel me. Come on. Oh, guys, cancel culture is going too far. Stop. <laughs> I love that you... <laughs> Stop it. Honestly, guys. The concept oh. that you would be cancelled for spoiling <laughs> Lear. Like, of all the things going on in society right now, <laughs> spoiling King Lear is the thing that gets you cancelled. Um, oh, God. Uh, so, yeah, I, like... The marrying, yeah. uh, the 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 real marrying of what I think Pixar does best, which is tell really human emotional stories, along with genuine funny yeah. humor that it's, works for both children and adults. I think those yeah. are the two things that Pixar does the best. I 
unfortunately feel with some of their um, movies, they focus too much on the emotional story side of things and forget that they can. And, and as we've discussed, comedy dramas, my favorite thing. Like, I love the fusing of comedy and drama. I think it's it's yeah, uh, it's some of my favorite movies. So uh, it's it's really, really great for me when I see when I see Pixar uh, so playing to both do you, their strengths. Do you, do you feel that up is too not funny enough for you? No, because I up think is quite like, funny. Uh, up is like the the dog and the kid. Like yeah, like yeah. I I feel like they segmented it a little bit. They were like the the old man's going to be our emotional core, but and yeah. then we're going to throw in these two comedic characters in the dog and the kid. But uh, you know, when I watched up, uh, I, I I don't think I've watched up since I saw it in the cinemas. But when I watched up oh, at man. like sixteen years old, fuck yeah, that dog going squirrel was the fucking funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Um, so no, I I think up straddles that line as well. Uh, well as well. Um, if you ever want to just like cry with a partner. You know, just watch the first five minutes of Up, as, right? As, Sit yeah. in the same room, watch yeah, that, and be I, like, one I day one of us will die. To. As I always want to. That's that's one of my... You know what? Hey, Ellen, what should we do tonight? Cry? Yeah. Um, you just got to turn to the person you love and say, one day one of us will die first. Okay, that's what you got to do. Um, um, there is one more thing before we get to ratings that I want to talk about. Uh, and that's that the the... Outside of the emotions I was feeling of uh, really connecting in the the story of the film, mm-hmm. uh, the the largest negative reaction I had to this film was not to this film. It was in the last twenty minutes, sitting there seething that they made another one. Like like genuinely, I I feel it's it's but, genuine. It made me so a, angry how well this I, ends, and knowing that I have to watch another one because I, as we've discussed, so, neither of us have watched Toy Story four. We're gonna have to watch it on this podcast, and I'm really worried I'm not gonna give it a fair shake because of how perfectly I feel this wraps up so the Toy Story story. I I agree to an extent. Like that was very much my opinion. I had the opposite thing, right? Like I had that opinion going in. I was like, I, I, it was a perfect trilogy. I don't think you need it anymore. And then watching the end of this film, and it's the whole thing about Andy going away, I sort of came to realise that, like, not came to realise, but came to feel that they could make another one, because, and then, like, and obviously the answer is because they're a company which wants to make a lot of money, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But, like, in reality, I think there are still kids out there who are, they're still, like, seven and eight and ten-year-old kids who, like, will have, will have, like, things to process and we'll have like who will benefit from going to a well-told story about you know told by good storytellers and like and i think as much as i hate it it is sort of the the point of the film that it is like it may be another kid's time to play with these toys then what's the fucking first two, you dickhead little children? Oh, I need a new film. Oh, I couldn't possibly watch a film from 1991 and learn a lesson about childhood. I want a new film. Fucking Gen Z cucks. <laughs> uh, Alexander had to sit through me seething on the Zoom call waiting to get that point in. Um, so we've, we've, we've talked about this film. Uh, could you please give a rating? Uh, for a people who've uh, not listened to this podcast before you might be hopping in because we're doing toy story 3 uh we rate these films on three different categories uh we rate them on uh the film itself out of five tom hanks performance out of five and the tom hanks dick meter how much of a dick was tom hanks's character in this film and then of course we decide whether it goes in the hanks bank the collection of tv shows and movies we're going to show to the aliens to prove our worth to join the united states of space so what, what are you I... giving toy story 3 
Do you have uh, the rating yes, on your screen? Uh, you the, the, the highest you've given would be uh, six for Saving Private Ryan and six for Philadelphia. You gave Toy Story. I would like to remind you that you gave cool. fucking Toy Story one four and didn't put it in your Hanks bank, uh, and you gave Toy Story two five. Uh, cool. I'll give this like an eight. Like, oh fuck I th- you! <laughs> I think this is my no. This is this is my like highest. This is my highest Tom Hanks film. This is this is I think this is uh probably it like this is so you're like, skipping over seven just in case there's anywhere between well, now yeah, and the end in case you want to give something higher than Saving Private Ryan in Philadelphia we, we, but you don't want it to be on Captain the same Phillips. as Toy Story. We're still gonna see Captain Phillips. I really like Captain Phillips. I think that's gonna be a seven and then yeah, so eight. it's an eight I'm... point scale, Jamie. I hate you. I made you go first because I wanted to give it a seven and for that to be the big <laughs> reveal. And now you fucking pulled the rug from underneath me. But I'm still giving it a seven because I think it's absurd. Like, I accept <laughs> that on our rating out of five, it's a bit ridiculous that we've gone on to six anyway. But to skip seven is ridiculous. <laughs> to, well, say, to say that in, in our, we've never had a seven. Seven is outside the realm of possibility. But you're still... <laughs> like fuck this it's an eight <laughs> what i love is there is a long running for, for new listeners to the show thank you for obviously starting with us on toy story 3 go back and listen to toy story 1 2 and of course the pacific please listen to the pacific <laughs> but um is that uh, there's a long stomach long running bit not even bit where just uh jamie starts telling a joke and then instantaneously i just say the punchline without <laughs> any setup on the joke and that is effectively what i just did here yeah, yeah. i was i was trying to, to, give, to give you let you do my setup by like oh i'll give it like a five or a six it's really good and then people are like fuck you i'm gonna give it a seven and you're just like i give it an eight <laughs> Which makes uh, Jamie look it, which makes you look stingy. Yeah, it makes me look like, oh wow, you only gave Toy Story three a seven. Wow, fucking hell, we must fucking hate it. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I, I'm still only giving this a seven. Um, who only? See, look, you made me say only. Yeah, I'm. I'm yeah, a, I can't even celebrate giving Toy Story three a seven. Fuck you, <laughs> Jamie. That's that's why this is Toy Story four. They got to see whether or not they can get that sweet sweet eight from you. Oh okay? uh, no, Toy. Uh, I'm. I genuinely feel like I'm gonna go into Toy Story four just with completely the wrong the wrong mindset, and I'm just gonna fucking hate it from minute one. Who the fuck is Forky? Fuck this shit. King Michael <laughs> Key, go back to doing improv, you dickhead. <laughs> uh, Tom Hanks's performance out of whatever the fuck five i give him a five yeah i, I, I give think him a five it's very well. good it's it's very very good i think we he's it it i i think as i've said before i it's having watched so many tom hanks performances it's very difficult for me to get fully like involved in a character and and forget about mm. the tom hanks of it that last happened with um with the terminal uh, which I still maintain is one of the best movies I've made. I think I might be the biggest, <laughs> the biggest terminal fan in the world. Um, but uh, obviously, the fact that it's just his voice very much helps with this. But you really, you f- despite having see- heard Tom Hanks's voice so much, you hear Woody when you watch him speaking as Woody, and it sounds trite and and 
tautological. But yeah, you hear Woody when you see him speaking, which for someone who's been so involved with Tom Hanks's voice for the past fucking year and a half of my life, that's genuinely impressive. He puts a lot of expressive um, work into this and it would be very easy for at this point to phone in a performance. Uh, yeah. And he doesn't. He he really he cr- puts a lot of emotion. He creates a really well-rounded character. And even though Woody, uh, again, sort of doesn't, he doesn't carry the brunt of the journey of this film. As you say, that's mostly with Andy, and it's mostly with the themes more than anything. None of our main characters yeah. really, really go through an emotional journey. He still carries that ju- that those themes through his performance, and I think it's really really good. But it's it's it's. it's um... Still only a five. I do think it's a because it, it's to... it's no fucking Tom Hanks in the tub. <laughs> no, hey, which of course he gave an eight. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I think it's a really big credit to to Leon Critch as the director. Yeah, and, and like I I know I, I've not taken a lot of historical flack for giving Toy Story one four, but I think that for me the failings thing. in that film are like uh, one's kind of not not technical but like. But I, I basically, I, I think our feeling is in direction over performance or or script writing for the most part. Um, but uh, no, I just I just think it like it is a very hard balancing act they have to do here. Well, you're right. Like it's it's a it's more about themes than it's about anything else. And like often, theme movies are bad. Like that, it's very it's very hard to to talk about something without talking about it. And this film does it so so well. Of like. There were so many the things we haven't even brought up, right? Like the the whole like you know you made a plastic, we're all garbage, we're all meant to be thrown away thing. Like so much of this film is about like ephemerality and like how we are going to how everyone will die, how we all ultimately disposable, and it, it presents it in a way which is suitable for kids and yet fully applicable and understandable and you know, deep for adults. And that is, and it's not like a, when typically you get these kind of things where people have said, oh, it's a film for all the family, it's Shrek. And like, love Shrek, but like basically what that means is there's going to be a load of sex jokes which are just, just adult enough that like kids won't get it. Yeah. Um, Or there'll be a load of references to movies that kids can't watch because they're not like able to watch R-rated films. And that's, fine like i like shrek don't but it's, wrong. it's not an actual fusion it's not something that genuinely both kids and adults are yes. engaging with on essentially the same level that said i will say i believe this is a you in the uk yeah and this film is way too emotionally tough for you like yeah like, I, I i would say it deals with its theme as you've said i think it deals with its themes in a way that is much more presentable to a child as someone who has recently had been teaching uh, Michael Morpurgo with a six-year-old and yeah. that's that's ostensibly like a kid's but like Michael Morpurgo writes kids books and the fucking the first one with the butterfly lion deals with going to war and getting wounded and fucking death and shit in a way that is really fucking difficult to explain to a kid the next one I don't know why I'm carrying on to it it's about a kid going in a fucking coma uh, and so just like I feel like um Many other mediums struggle to present heavy themes to children in a way that uh, helps them deal with those themes better than than something like this. Sure, I think that's fair enough. Uh, it just like specifically the U rating is like anyone from the like preschool children should be like would be fine watching this, and like it also means there should be uh, like threat and horror. 
Um, scary or potential unsettling sequences should be mild, brief, and unlikely to cause undue anxiety to young children. The outcome should be reassuring. And to there be is fair, a reassuring outcome, but it causes much, much higher anxiety. And even, even outside of the like them going towards the incinerator, which I feel like a kid could almost pass out there and just be like, oh, that, I'd, they might not even understand what would be the consequences of that. The fucking monkey and the baby are genuinely yeah. terrifying. <laughs> like They are That's... legitimately scary and um... would be traumatizing for a child too young. But then again, that might just be a fault of the rating system because isn't PG supposedly like... Tw- I think it's supposed to be... Tw- I think PG is 12, but a kid under 12 can go see it um, or something uh... like that. But a, pa- a parent should... If, if the child is under 12, then a parent should be aware that it might not be suited for them. I think that's what PG means. I think... Let me have a look. Uh, and then 12A is that someone under 12 can go see it, but they have to be with actively with their parent. I think that's yes, what PG the 12 means. Was, I'm not even sure they still have the 12 rating anymore in the UK, where, which, which was you have to be over 12 to watch. Um, yeah, they just I, have 12A where you can go up with it under 12, but you have to go with your parents. I, and I PG, think PG I think is... PG, PG is just parental guidance, so general viewing, but some scenes may be unsuitable for young children. A PG film should not unsettle a child around age 8 or older. Oh, okay, it's age 8. Okay, fair enough. Then, yeah, perhaps, perhaps PG would be a better one for this, but you know why it didn't get PG? Because fucking Disney lobbied for it not to get PG. They, they will have like been like, no, we're getting yeah, a true. fucking you so anyone can go see this film. Um... It's, anyway, I just want to just describe the threat and horror level though for PG, <laughs> which is frightening sequences or situations where characters are in danger should not be prolonged or intense. Fantasy <laughs> settings in comedy may be mitigating factors. There are no fantasy settings or comedy in those situations, and and it's and pretty they are fucking prolonged. prolonged. Um, so what it's we're intense. saying is that Toy Story three is actually a fifteen. <laughs> it's an eighteen, mate. Um, right? If Schindler's um, List is an eighteen, this should be two. Uh, so, uh, moving on to the uh, Tom Hanks dick meter. Now, uh, of course, in Toy Story 1, I gave uh, Woody a 4. In Toy Story 2, I gave him a 0. Uh, I am pushing him into a minus 2. I think he has, he has completed his redemption arc. He is... Uh, there. Like, we, we can... Like, it's really weird to see that this growth happens, although it happens almost in between films, but it still very much makes sense. You almost forget that Woody was, like, objectively an absolute tyrannical dickhead in the first film. And in this one, mm. he no, he's just, he's still got the exact same value systems. He still yeah. wants to help and save his friends, but, like, he, he does it in an objectively better and good way. He is a much more supportive, loving friend, uh, and he is, he is... Uh, you know, um, loyal to Woody to a fault and then towards the end realises that that loyalty can be passed on to other people. So yeah, I'm giving him a minus two. I think he is a, he is a good, a objectively good force in this world, in this film. Uh, minus five, <laughs> when I die and go to the gates of heaven, I want Woody to agree to me. Okay, <laughs> that's how good I think he is. Uh, uh, now... Alexander, I do have a tough question for you. I'm, I'm yeah. really not sure which way this is going to swing. You know, after Toy Story 1, a gate. Uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen here. Uh, is Toy Story 3 going in your Hanks bank? Well, so I want to say yes. But of course, and I, I've mentioned this briefly, uh, the film does include main characters torturing people. <laughs> um, of course, Barbie uh, tortures Ken by tying him to a chair, classic sign of torture. And then... <laughs> tearing his clothes up to torture him psychologically and break him uh, and i made a hard stance in the past that i will not support any film which condones torture uh 
you know, so the, the, however, this is ridiculous. I, I, to, I no, I have to, I have to say, as as we previously discussed, Ken probably murdered people to get those clothes, uh, and so is it okay to torture a serial killer? Still no, torture is never. <laughs> I was okay. going to say, so you do you are still against torture as a way of retribution? Yes, um, and it's not physical torture. Although it is mental torture, I will give it a. I will, for this one film, give a pass to the use of torture <laughs> in the film. Uh, mainly because they're toys, and therefore they're not people. Uh, and if they were people, this would not fly. Um, torture is bad, guys, but Toy Story 3 goes in the Hanks Bank. Of course it fucking goes in the Hanks Bank. The entire Toy Story series goes in the Hanks Bank. In my no, Hanks it Bank. It doesn't go in yours. You, you yeah. ruined the clean sweep. Although, wait, fuck, Toy Story 4 might not go in my Hanks Bank. I forgot about that. Um, uh, but, of course, uh, that means we don't have to say what's going to save humanity this week because we've decided Toy oh, Story God. 3 is going to save humanity oh. this week. We're going to sit down with all the baby Yodas and we're going to cry our fucking eyes out and it's going to be great. Uh, so uh, with that, of course, you can follow us on our social medias at Hanks Bank Pod on Twitter, uh, Hanks Bank on uh, Facebook, Hanks underscore Bank on Instagram. You can follow me at Jamie P. Loxon. You can follow Al at Al underscore C's underscore stuff. What else can they do, Alexander? Obviously, uh, you're going to steal your friends' phones and here's what you're going to do. First of all, and as I said, and as Jamie said, you're going to follow us on all their social medias, all right? That's what you're going to do. Second of all, uh, download all the episodes. Uh, if you're in BC, which, hey, if you are, wow, cool. Uh, of course, you'll be happy because restrictions have been lifting. Uh, and so you can suddenly go to strangers and steal their phones and download the episodes and then give them their phone back. That's very important. It's not theft if you give it back. Uh, <laughs> if you're in the UK, then get a particularly long poll and use the poll to download things on their podcast with or without their consent. Uh, of course, don't download illegal things. Just download our podcast and leave them a little note saying it came from the podcast fairy who decided that this would be their favourite new podcast. I swear to God, Alexander, hurry up. I need to pee. <laughs> I'm done. Okay, thank God. Uh, so from me, Jamie, I'm my co-host, Al. That's one more ep in the bank. Hold hands with me, Jamie. Oh, don't. Hands bank.